everyone, welcome to another episode of Boba Talk, a podcast about boba with a side of life. Half sweet. I'm Monica. And I'm Kathleen. And thanks for hanging out with us as we review another boba spot here in the Bay Area and talk about a topic that we don't think is talked about enough on a personal level, and that's body image. So grab your boba, if applicable, and get comfy with us. Hey, it's Monica. Before we jump into this episode, we wanted to lay out our disclaimer. No Milk Tea Spot has paid us to review. These were purchased on our own and are strictly based on our own taste buds and preferences. Enjoy! Hello friends! Kat and I are happy to be back with another episode with you guys. And we got a surprise for you, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And due to real life, this is probably going to be our last episode for a while. But don't worry, we'll be back. With that said, let's hit you guys with a boba fact. According to a new report published by Allied Market Research titled Bubble Tea Market by Base Ingredient, Flavor and Component, Opportunity Analysis and Industry Forecast 2019 to 2027, the bubble tea market size was valued at $2.4 billion in 2019 and is estimated to reach $4.3 billion by 2027, registering a compound annual growth rate of 7.8% from 2020 to 2027. And for those of you who don't know, compound annual growth rate, or CAGR for short, is equal to the rate of return that would be required for an investment to grow from its beginning balance to its ending balance. That's the boba fact. Uh, If you guys are interested in taking a look at the article, we will link it in the description. Alright, so where is this episode's boba from, Kat? So... We went over to Wolf's Bar, and unfortunately, they were closed today. They Something must have happened. Uh, some vandalization happened. So they were closed today, and we... Had to improvise. And had to improvise on one of the closer places near Wolf's Tea, or Wolf's Bar, and that is Beastie. So we are reviewing Beastie. Coolio. All right. Kat, you want to hit us off with the... Drinks that we got? The root. Yeah. What'd all you right. get? Alright, so as you all know, tarot is my tarot is my jam. So <laughs> I got the tarot lover, 25% sweet with no toppings. Uh, Monica here got the matcha latte, 50% sweet with boba. And I did ask the lady uh, when they opened the boba shop if they had thought of a signature drink for them. And they basically said no, but they highly recommended their most, one of their most popular drinks, which is called the Soul Reaper. What that is, is black milk tea with grass jelly and swan. And we got that 100% sweet. All right. Let's dive in. All right. All right. Taro chunkies. <laughs> Taste it. Also, I know that you guys can't see, but her taro drink is bright purple. But there's taro chunks. <laughs> mm. Okay. First one. Okay. My first thought. This is a very odd tasting matcha latte because there's some floral 
um, aftertaste to it a little bit. And I feel like some places they kind of have that floral aftertaste for some reason because, you know, I don't know why, but I just, I'm not a fan of it. I personally don't like anything jasmine, anything that tastes floral to me because I feel like I'm drinking a flower, <laughs> which I'm not a fan of because that just tastes odd to me. So, I don't know, but the floral taste is very, it's very strong. Which is opposite of me. I do like floral things. I love lavender milk tea, rose milk tea, anything flowery. Like, I love at restaurants when they have edible flowers. Delicious. I remember Monica's birthday, we had sushi and they had an orchid, which it is edible. Did- oh, you did eat it. Yeah. You did Orchids eat it. Orchids are edible, and I did eat the orchid. Um, so, it was delicious. Mm, okay. So, besides the floral tasting tea, the, the sweetness is actually, it's not that bad, but there's no matcha flavor coming through at all. I just taste floral. Um, so, as far as like a tea, I gotta give it maybe like a four. And then as far as boba, mm, I give the boba mm, like a seven and a half. It's not bad, but for me, it tastes a little bit hard and it's not super, it's not as chewy as I would like it, but it's, it's a little bit hard for my liking, but it's, it's not bad. Okay, your turn. Alright, so for me, I think their Chara Lover does not have any tea in it. I don't taste the tea. I think it is taro powder with taro chunks. And that's it. Um, The drink is purple. There is soft taro chunks, which I'm loving, but the taste, tastes very manufactured, I would say, because of the taro powder. So, no caffeine if you're looking for it, there's no milk in here, I think this is more of a taro, a taro drink mm-hmm. uh, with milk and taro chunks. It tastes like a hybrid of taro and the powder. I definitely taste the powder and definitely taste the taro chunkies. But I would say, I would give, I would add an extra star too because of the chunkies of the tarot chunks which I'm loving like I said but in flavor I would give it a 4 out of 10 and that's because I do taste the manufactured tarot powder in this one I, got, I have no toppings so I can't rate on that and the sweetness for me 25% was a good, good amount of sweetness mm-hmm. And I guess before we jump into, I guess, the signature drink, I would say my overall of my whole 
drink in general, I would give it, I would give it like a four and a half. What is up with you of these halves? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's not completely terrible. If that makes any sense. I don't know. So why not five? Let me ask you. Why not five? Because I don't think it's, I don't think it's worthy of a five. But it's not worthy of a four? No. <laughs> it's like smack dab in the middle. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the signature drink. Which is called the Soul Weeper. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Where's your straw? Well, there's no boba in here, so I'm going to... There's grass jelly and flan. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it All first. Right. Okay, first sip. Ooh, what's that fun? This is like sugar rush for me, right now. Hmm. I like the flan. This is. All right, I'm gonna try it. First thoughts for you, Kat. The tea they use is, again, Earl Grey. But I actually taste the tea, so that's good. It's super sweet. It's very sweet. Just like Monica said, but part of that could also be because there's flan in it. And since I know how to make flan, I know how much sugar is in it. But... Tea flavors there. It is sweet. Grass jelly is a little on the more firm side. It's not that slippery, slimy grass jelly that I like. But I love the flan. Flan's great. Uh, okay, for you, tea overall. Yes, so for the tea, I can taste the Earl Grey. Um, so I would give it a 6-7 out of 10. It's super sweet. The grass jelly is okay. I like flan, so can't go wrong. I feel like, you know, we have flan in our desserts. So, but overall, overall, if you're really hangering for something sweet, I highly recommend this Soul Weeper because, wow, sugar rush for sure. Yes. Uh, uh, so I would give this drink a yeah, like a six out of ten. You're so generous. Not a fan of Earl Grey though. Still not a fan. Yeah, um, I I would agree with with Kat as far as the Earl Grey. I thought I I thought I liked Earl Grey, but after drinking it this time and the last time, I'm not a fan of it. It just tastes very very odd, and I don't know if it's you know the the floral taste from my matcha is still kind of lingering in my mouth, but I just taste kind of like a very sugary floral taste, which I That's don't... That's the Earl Grey. Okay, so it's like double floral for me, mm -hmm. basically, then. Oh my god. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this. I, I wish I liked it, but I don't. I think it would taste better if the tea wasn't Earl Grey. I, I would agree. Yeah. It, I think if it was just like maybe a black tea, a black tea yeah. or even maybe a roasted oolong or even an oolong. Ooh. That would taste That would taste good bomb. with the grass jelly yeah. and the flan. 
because the flan itself is, is already sweet. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know how to make flan, I grew up watching my mom make it. It's one of the Filipino staples. It's highly, it's highly sought after during our parties, my mom's flan. So I want to try it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I know how to make it. She gave me the recipe. A. So I know how much sugar is in it, and so I think a little, a little less sweet on the milk tea itself, mm-hmm. and maybe that oolong. I think this would taste spectacular. Lit. Um, but yeah, I think the Earl Grey doesn't match with it. Mm-mm. But like I said, the at least the tea does come out. Um, the tea flavor does come out. So again, if you're like one of those people who love Earl Grey and want something super sweet, this is the drink for you, my friends. I will say there is a for me personally, there's like a hint of like kind of a coffee taste to it too. That's probably the grass jelly. Okay, that's probably right. So for me, tea tea level or not tea level, um, tea what's it called? Rating, I guess you can say. I would give this like a two. It's terrible, in my opinion. The grass jelly. You're harsh. <laughs> I've got to give. I got to lay it down real for these guys. Uh, I would say for the grass jelly. I'm not a grass jelly type of person. I don't get it unless obviously it's in a signature drink. So I don't think I can really rate it. But mm-hmm. if I would, uh, I would say it is probably a solid eight. Because granted, I don't know what grass jelly is. But if this is the first, since this is the first time I'm I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. Solid eight. Pretty yeah. good. I do eat a lot of grass jelly. Like, if, if I were to have a topping, my topping of choice would be grass jelly. Mm-hmm. So, I would actually give this grass jelly a... Yeah, it's a little more firm than what I like. I like it to be a bit more slimy and soft. Mm. So, I would give this grass jelly a uh, 4 or 5 out of 10 for me. Okay. Personal. But if you like more firmer jello, go for it. All right, and then for me overall, I just give this drink a two. I'm just not a super fan of it. I I can't. I can't with the floral teas. It's not my jam. All right, so I mentioned earlier in this, before when we started, we have a surprise for you guys, and that surprise is, drum roll, bubble cake. From Happy Lemon. What? Hey. If you guys want to take a look at what that actually looks like, go visit our Instagram, which is at BobaTalkPod, and you guys will see a picture of it. But it looks very edible. And it looks really cute. Like a tea cake almost kind of a thing. Yeah. There's so layers. There's layers. So it's, br- it's like a light beigey brown. There's layers. Of like cream, I uh, think. Looks like yeah, looks like cream. I'll have to taste it. It kind of looks like a tiramisu, but yes, I... with like some boba on top. Yeah, but we will try it and let you all know. All right, first taste. Ooh, the frosting is salted caramel. It's very spongy. I don't know if it's like, well, not spongy, but very, I don't know how to describe it. It is spongy, but it's like, oh, it's very soft. Mm. 
don't know if the frosting they used is cream cheese or sour cream. Hmm. The boba, by the way, is is solid. It's really good. It's boba is very good. Yeah. I like the boba a lot in this cake. <laughs> I think it's I think it's sour cream. Yeah. It tastes very tart. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spongy cake doesn't feel dense, but it's it's sponge. It's sponge. That's that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the thing is, it's not like one of those cakes where it just feels very thick and heavy. Mm-hmm. But like the sponge, like we mentioned, is very in. I think it's very light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is sour cream. Uh, yeah. Type of sour cream frosting. I do like the frosting. Mm-hmm. It's like what Kat said. It's like a very kind of like salty caramel. So like a, yeah, salted. A tarty salty caramel. Mm-hmm. Boba. Gives it that extra texture. Texture. It's a bit sweet for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, I can't stop eating it. <laughs> it's good. Mm. Okay, so overall, what would you give it? 8 out of 10. We're good. I would give it an 8 out of 10 too, guys. It's, I would say, I'm very surprised. Me too. Um, I didn't think I like it, but I do. But it is really sweet. I'm having a lot of sugar in my mouth right now. Keep in mind, Kat's only eating half. From like the Soul Reaper, (laughs) and then jump into this sweet, sweet cake. I had chocolate before this. I am... Sugar. Sugared out. out. I do not eat this much sugar. Mm-hmm. The things that we we do for you guys, we'll we'll take the take the bullet for you guys. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. But Monica's eating three fourths of this cake and way took a fourth. You're welcome. <laughs> but solid, solid boba cake from mm-hmm. Happy Lemon. Props mm-hmm. to them. It's very good. All right. So before we end this segment, we have a few questions from our listeners via our Google form. If you guys have any questions, boba related or not. We will link the form in our description for you guys to ask us anything that you want to ask. So we have two questions this time. Hi, what is the milk in milk tea? So I can answer that question. Uh, Different places use different milk. It really depends on where you go. Some use cream. Some use non-dairy creamer, whether it's the powdered or the liquid form. Hong Kong-style milk tea uses condensed milk, but it really depends on the place because many shops now offer alternatives, especially the Bay Area, since there are a lot of vegetarians, vegans, Vegans. pescatarians, whatever, like Ian. So there are a ton of places now that have soy milk, almond milk, oat milk, macadamia nut milk, cashew milk. Pretty much any pretty much anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. But I do know soy and almond are 
readily available in a lot of shops, and I think more people are also using whole milk, or sorry, uh, oat milk. So, but typically, unless a particular shop have, has their own like proprietary blend that they use, like for example, Pico uh, in East San Jose and Tuzane or Tuzan, some people pronounce it, they make their own uh, non-dairy vegan milk, their own blend, and but predominantly it's usually uh, non-dairy creamer. Hmm. Good question. And our last question is, hello again, thanks for your blog. I would like to control the amount of milk in my milk tea. Do you know of any places that do not premix theirs? I'm going to let Kat answer this one because I personally don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I like to know. I'm very, I like to know things. <laughs> so, while some people just order and look away, I actually like to watch places make their drinks. So, I do know for a fact that IT uses non-dairy creamer, so does share tea. T4 uses non-dairy creamer. OMG Boba uses non-dairy creamer. Uh, Boba guys, I think they use liquid non-dairy creamer, but I know that they also offer oat milk. Mm. So Pure by Kaiser San Jose uses non-dairy creamer. And a lot of these... Basically, a lot of the shops that you see that brew their teas to make uh, using an espresso uh, espresso machine or have those tea canisters like on top, that's usually just plain tea and they'll add the cream. So if you see those places that have the tea canisters, the espresso machines for tea, those places you can adjust. Uh, but the places that I listed here, there's only a couple, are what I mentioned earlier, Share Tea, T4, OMG Boba, Teaspoon, Gong Cha, TPT, Boba Guys, and Pure. Thanks guys for your questions and if you guys have any more, like I said, the link to our form will be in our description for you guys to ask us anything that you guys want to know. So for this segment, we are going to touch on a topic about body image. Um, I know a lot of us have body image issues, and especially with the media and society and how they portray what constitutes as the quote-unquote perfect body. So for this segment, Monica and I are going to discuss and talk about kind of our struggles with body image. or maybe non-struggles with body image, and also just have a conversation about what we've done to kind of help with that in regards to our mental health and, and what makes us feel better knowing that Monica and I are both not overweight or fat by any means, but I think, especially coming from an Asian family and also with the entertainment industry and that pedestal where women have to be so thin and slender and beautiful, you know, those things tend to, we see it every day. 
whether we want to or not or are looking out for it. We see it all the time everywhere. Magazines, TV, billboards, radio. So body image is a real big thing and it could have stemmed from growing up or whatever the case may be. Uh, the, the stat that we actually found is through the NOW Foundation, which is the National Organization for Women. It's basically a nonprofit organization devoted to achieving full equality for women through education and litigation. And they mentioned that 50, at about age 13, 53% of American girls are, are unhappy with their bodies. This grows to 78% by the time the girls reach 17. 20 million women and 10 million men suffer from a clinically significant eating disorder at some, at some time in their lives. And I think though there is now a huge push for body positivity in the media, not a lot of people, I want to say common folk, really talk about their personal struggles. So Monica and I are going to discuss our history with it mm -hmm. and what how we deal with it, and, you know, some advice. Uh, so, I guess we can start off with my own body image struggles that I've had when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And like Kat mentioned, neither of us are fat or overweight or anything like that. And I think when I was growing up, because I was playing basketball so much, I never really personally had to think about it because I was just exercising so much and burning so many calories and kind of just eating whatever I wanted to eat. So kind of having that overweight thing was, wasn't my personal struggle, but I did have, you know, my Asian mom, you know, when I go home sometimes, it's kind of like, Monica, you're too skinny. Or some days it's Monica, you're too fat. And I'm kind of like, well, like, what am I? I don't know. Like, what do you want me to be? And even now when I go home to visit her sometimes for one holiday, it's Monica, you're too skinny. You need to eat more. And then the next holiday is Monica, you're too fat. You need to lose weight. I'm like, mom. What do you want from me? But, you know, I've learned to kind of tune that out because my mom is my mom. I really kind of, on those things, I kind of just ignore her, to be honest. Um, but the thing that I really struggle with personally is um, my face. It's more of a lot of the acne scars. I think when I was growing up, I didn't actually have, a, you know, acne. It was never bad until I kind of went through depression for the first time that's when it really really hit me and I think it was because of the the hormone levels in my body was just so out of balance and it just kind of hit me and then you know the scars just happened so that's what I struggle with and I still do and then you know I've known Kat for you know this long and even so like sometimes I'm kind of like don't look at me even right now she's looking at me I'm like don't look at me but that's something that I'm very, sub, you know, really, I struggle with sometimes because it's, you know, I kind of don't want to leave my house sometimes unless I'm wearing makeup. Like, no, like, that shouldn't be the case. And I'm not saying that I'm over it and it's gone, but I've learned to deal with it a little better. It's more, you know, not so much stressing out and kind of doing what I can, but... Yeah, and I also struggle with the scars on my legs. And I really wish I can chop off my legs and let them regrow and call it a day. 
And if you guys are wondering, it's, you know, sometimes it's blazing hot outside. I don't wear shorts because I'm that so, you know, self-conscious of my legs because I have a lot of scars on them. From what? It's just, a, you know, a lot of basketball and a lot of just, like, random cuts. That Those I are get. battle wounds, Monica. Be proud of that. No, it, it's not. It's just, it's... I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't look like to me. Like when I see like your legs or someone else's legs, it's like, man, you guys, you guys have no scars on it, and it's, you know, it looks nice. I have a ton of scars. No, you don't. I do. I don't know. I I have a lot of them, and I that's why I don't wear shorts, unless I'm you know I'm playing basketball or something, or it's if it's like 120 do 20 degrees outside, then yes, I will wear shorts. But other than that, I kind of don't. Um, but yeah, so that's. That's kind of what I struggle with. And I know that, you know, body image, it, it, it's a spectrum, really, of how it affects people. And I know that, you know, mine is probably on the lower end compared to, you know, a lot of people. And how I deal with it, like I said, I don't think there's a proper way of dealing with, you know, the struggles that I have and body image in general. It's... You know, for myself, all I can do is accept it, take care of myself, and keep going. But I know that for you, Kat, you know, you have a much different experience than, than myself. Yeah. My body image issue, I guess you can say, is pretty much my perception of myself. I've never been someone who was overtly overweight or obese or anything like that, nor did anyone tell me that I was. It was growing up similarly with Monica, with family members and relatives basically saying like, oh, you've gained weight, or oh, you're, no, now you've lost weight, you're too skinny, keep eating, and it's that constant reminder of every, like, almost every family party of, do you have, like, did you gain weight? You got skinny. Oh, you got fat. And not even that, you know, it's not, it's not even just that. It's just being, I know they're trying to start a conversation, but coming from a predominantly Filipino, Filipino, Filipino cultural background, there is that toxic Filipino culture that is un, typically unsaid and my cousin, my cousin and I have these conversations all the time of how our relatives speak to the kids and it does have to do predominantly with image. So for me, I grew up hearing my mom say, I'm so fat, I need to lose weight, I need to do this, I need to diet, do that. And hearing that almost every day from someone that you look up to, then you start getting that in your head, too. And similar with Monica, I also did a lot of sports. I was a year-round athlete. I did basketball, volleyball, softball, track. So I didn't feel like I needed to diet or lose weight. But guess what? I still did. I remember my sophomore year of high school, I was playing in the basketball summer league, and those Kellogg's Special K commercials came on where if you substitute two meals with their Special K cereal, you know, you can lose weight. And that's what I did during a basketball season. My dad yelled at me after a game so badly saying how I looked weak, tired, 
sluggish. I scored like maybe two points. I couldn't even run. And, you know, he even mentioned how one of the slower girls on our team was running faster than I was. And I didn't understand it at the time, you know, I, my, my perception and how I perceived myself, I thought I was okay, but apparently I wasn't because I didn't realize that I didn't have energy. I didn't have energy. And especially when you're working out as much as I did, especially in basketball, you need that. So for me, it was the constant just thinking my thinking that I'm overweight and fat and want and I love TV. That was one of the main things too. I love movies. I love TV shows. And to this day I do. So seeing all these skinny women on this on the screen, you know, it's hard to not compare yourself to them. And I think that's when my where my where my mental spiral kind of started was family members media and also just my own perception and how do I deal with it now well Monica can tell you that she thinks I'm crazy because I work out as much a lot but I don't she does I don't guys. I don't I really don't I work out maybe three at most four times a week and it's not for hours at a time it's I either run and do push-ups or I do, you know, berries or orange theory. But it's like once a week. <laughs> That's still pretty good considering But I'm not, you know, like I'm not at the gym twenty four seven, like a gym bro or whatever, you know. It's as long as I do some sort of physical activity every other day, I feel safe. If I go longer than two days without any sort of physical activity, I go insane and that's when my mental part of my body image issues happen and that's when I get down myself. Yesterday was the first time I ran in three days and those two days that I did not run, I literally was telling myself, stop it, it's only two days, you're okay, you're still going to be fine, but I was struggling hard to keep that positivity in my brain. I mean, that's the thing too, it's at least you're aware of it and you know, you're kind of telling yourself that, hey, like, you need to stay positive and all that good stuff. It's not kind of like you're just, like, really just, hit, like, hitting hard or spiraling. Yeah. So. Um, so, I, yeah, so I ran yesterday. I feel better. I haven't worked out today. But, you know, it's the fact that I'm constantly thinking about it. Thinking about it. And that's where the issue lies, is that I, Monica says that I eat healthy. She really does. It's I can always, I can always get a good vegan or vegetarian meal from Cat. But I'm not. I eat meat. <laughs> uh, but it's it's like that. It's always constant. And even if I do eat healthy, quote unquote healthy, that day, I'm still thinking about okay, well I had this that day. Like I'm calculating calories and how much I ate in my head, whether I know it or not. And that's the problem that I have that I need to really just stop doing because not only am I not overweight I know that I'm working out and this process of body image basically tells you like you can only do so much with your body but the crux of it is the brain is your own mental 
like you telling yourself like what needs to be done and that's where I have trouble is I can be so many I can be the skinniest person in the world or the buffest person in the world but if my brain or my mental health says that I'm still fat it won't matter what physical how I look physically and I always tell you that you're too hard on yourself I mean you really are but at the same time I know that you know I think body image is it's it's kind of a very silent battle that people have with themselves mm -hmm. and it's not something that's just going to go away overnight yeah uh, and that's why I I've gotten a lot better compared to before I'm a lot I wish you guys knew how I was before. I was pretty bad. Uh, I remember last year when I went to Thailand and I had it worked. I was in Thailand. I should be enjoying myself, right? Yeah. No, I was ranting to one of my to one of my good friends how I felt fat and it's too hot. I felt bloated for a good hour because I hadn't worked out in a week because I was on vacation in Thailand. Like, who does that shit? Um, so. It's that stuff that I struggle with, and that's my body image issue. So, I've, as I said, it's gotten a lot better. You know, I am drinking milk tea, I'm eating boba cakes, but it's in all in moderation. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, too, the only last thing that I really struggle with is my thinning hair. I do have alopecia, but that's getting fixed, so... Her hair looks great, by the way, guys. Yeah, I if you'd like to see the before and after pics, I can put it up, but the before is insane. I had a crazy bald spot. In fact, I don't think I even showed... Did I show you my... I don't know if you did, okay, actually. I'm going to show Monica, and this will be her first time seeing it. And this will be her authentic reaction. You ready? I'm ready. I mean, that's not... That's not bad. It's not bad. Are you serious? No, it's not. I mean, and it's not. And then, you know, kind of, I'm looking at you right now. And well, it's... I know, I'm just saying, it's, it's much better. But your original one, it's not that bad. You don't know. Those are bald spots, Monica. It's not bad. It's actually not a bald spot. It is one huge bald spot. But it's pretty bad. I think it's pretty bad. But that is the two things that my body image, mm -hmm. I'd say my body image issues are. I would say all we can do is really take it one, one day at a time. Yeah, and do what you can, you know, if you, and I'm not saying that if you want to change how you look to go out there and actually, and go hard, you know, it's, that's not it. Go for a walk 10 minutes one day and, and then the next day go out for 15 or or go to the gym and don't don't run 10, 10 miles and then lift weights. Go go jog, go jog for like half a mile, and then do light weights. You know, it, you don't have to push yourself because losing weight, if that's your goal, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a very long process, and it's not even about how fast it happens, how fast it can happen. It's the habits that you need to form that will help with not only your body image, but also body, uh, how you look physically, but also your mental health. If you're consistently working out, consistently eating in moderation, 
you'll be a happier person and, and be more proud of yourself probably. And also, it's really kind of doing whatever makes you feel good. You know, whether, like Kat was saying, you are, you know, stepping outside and kind of doing some sort of exercise for the first time. Don't go hard. Go for, like, 10 minutes and, you know, up it from there and just keep going. And do, like I said, do what makes you feel good. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It, all that matters is what you think. Final words, if you have any, cat. I think just it's a long process. It's not a quick fix, whether your body image issues are your weight, your scars on your legs, alopecia, flabby arms or chicken wings, that's the chicken, whatever, however people call it, I don't even know. Whatever it may be, if you have an idea of what you can do to fix it and start doing it and also creating good habits, I think your perspective on how you see yourself will change. I agree. And for me personally, in my opinion, everyone deals with body image to a certain degree and it's different for everyone because of the experiences each one of us goes through. Um, body, like, like I mentioned, body image isn't something that goes away overnight and never comes back. It's a constant fight you have to go through every single day, and it's a part of you. And, you know, the more that you realize it and you accept it, and like what Kat said, take those steps to build good habits, mm -hmm. then you will be at a much better place. And, you know, my advice, I think Kat would agree too, mm -hmm. is, you know, accepting and loving yourself for exactly who you are realizing that no one out there is perfect and really be kind to yourself because you are the only person that you can count on essentially so it's uh, a lot easier said than yeah it is it is but i think it's kind of really getting to that mindset and you know building those good habits that you have um to to be better our hope for you guys whoever is listening out there um, if you struggle and, you know, kind of haven't talked to anyone about it, uh, this you're not alone. You're not alone. I think everyone deals with it and everyone just deals with it differently. So our hope is that you kind of get to a good place of where you are at and you can kind of go from there. today's episode please note that monica and i will be on a hiatus for a couple of weeks but we will be back to review the boba shop that we had originally planned for today folks Core. and if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss hit us up on the google doc or send us an email sliding to our dms whatever floats your boat on boba talk pod and link to the form is in the description bye Ciao.